Everyone, this is Danny. And this is Sharissa, ready to bring you Looking Up. Starting right after this song. Yes. 
afternoon everyone we are coming to you live it happens to be the 7th of february it's the looking up program my name is sharissa and i'm joined in studio today by pastor danny as always good to have you here and of course i should give you something let you have something to say sorry oh i might only have a few <laughs> words to say today hardly <laughs> no it's good to be back and um it's uh it's a very different climate today than it was last week when we were here. It was a boiling hot day, if I remember yeah, correctly. And today it's drizzling and nice and cool, and it we've is. got our jumpers on. And that's jeans what you on. call climate change. That's what you call <laughs> climate change. So today's climate cooling. That's it. We had global boiling last week. So anyway, um, but yeah, it's good to know that Jesus is coming soon, and that's what we're going to be focused again on this looking up show. So Excellent. excited about that. I'm excited about that too. Looking forward to what we have in store. And of course, we're joined in studio by Shell. It's good to have her here as always. Always great to see you guys. And yeah, to 
be here with our listeners. Amen. And I'm sure you've got some good songs lined up for us today. We have, uh, oh, good. That's exciting. We have a lot to get through. So you said we're talking about things as they relate to why we should look up because Jesus is coming soon. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, the prophecies that were given, you know, 2,000 years ago by Jesus and especially in the book of Revelation are literally coming to pass before our very eyes. So this is an opportunity for us to be uh, confirmed in the scriptures, to be looking up because Mm -hmm. our redemption is drawing near and to be sharing with people that we're soon going to be out of this sin-sick world um, that is getting worse by the day. So this is the good news. So mm-hmm. I praise the Lord for that. So lots to talk about. We talked about it a lot last week, and there's a whole heap more that's happened just this week in the last seven days. And so we praise the Lord that we can uh, share with our listeners and encourage them to get in their Bible, spend time with Jesus, and prepare for his soon return. Absolutely. So for the next couple of hours, at least two, we just want to encourage you to stay with us. We've got a lot to get through, and it's going to be just wonderful and exciting stuff. A reminder that if you'd like to catch up on any of our past episodes, you can do so by going to the faithfm.com.au website, where every program that is broadcast on this radio station is uploaded as a podcast. And there's so much good material there. There's there's a marriage um, program, one on marriage, there's ones on other things, <laughs> the breakfast show. I'm trying to think of what they are. The Tableland guys, um, Shelby Encounters. There you we go. Got the conversation show, which was just on before us, and the drive time, which comes on after us today. There yeah. you go. So it's, there's lots to to go and explore. Please do so. Get the app if you haven't already got it, because then you have uninterrupted coverage wherever you are, provided you have data. Right now we're going to listen to the Millers bring to us a beautiful song. It's called Behold Our God. It is a beautiful one. Enjoy. in his hands who has numbered every grain of sand kings and nations tremble at his voice all creation rises to rejoice
As the Miller's bringing to us an absolutely beautiful song, Behold Our God. And you are listening right now to a live broadcast of the Looking Up program. And uh, this is a segment where we usually get into current events. But before we do, there were some current events that happened in our lives just recently <laughs> on the weekend. There were. We need to talk about that. Yes, yeah. that was really exciting. Um, we were we were both at the same event, actually, this past weekend. We were both at a prayer conference, and we talked a little bit about that last weekend. But do you want to share about your yeah. experience? Well, I was, I, was, I was really looking forward to it. I have been now to a couple of these prayer conferences, and they are always such a blessing. They're a, a, huge, a huge challenge at the same time, but at the same time they are a really wonderful blessing because we have an opportunity to reset and refocus our time and our attention on the things that really, really matter the things concerning prayer and the things concerning, you know, spending time with Jesus. And that's really what the whole theme on this prayer conference was, following the Lamb based on, you know, Revelation chapter 14, where those at the end of time who are God's people, who are sealed by God and faithful to him, follow the Lamb wherever he goes. And our wonderful speaker, Pastor Dwayne Lemon, was there and he shared wonderful messages, shared his testimony, which was wonderful. And yet it was just so wonderful to hear solid Bible messages that were very, very practical. Amen. I really enjoyed my time too. It was uh, really exciting, actually. We were just reflecting um, before, but we had just under 500 people there, which if we look at the stats from the registrations, it looked like they were from over 70 different churches, not just around Australia, but we even had some from New Zealand, um, some from the United States flew over for this as well. So it was exciting. Yeah, there was a guy that gave his testimony um, that came over from the US and yeah, he barely made it there and he shared his testimony how the Lord brought him there that was good and uh yeah there were even people from tasmania they're not from <laughs> they're still from australia <laughs> but they, from they flew to get here <laughs> and um and you had young people you were sharing with me some interesting stats i mean we almost had 500 people attend yes just under and, and of that according to what we could see and you could see just by looking around the the tent mm. but there was about of those that were there were between the ages of 13 and 35, which is really exciting to see that there's a a hunger amongst uh, young people Mm. to really connect with God through prayer. And that's Mm. something that's beautiful. Absolutely. And there was a young fellow there, um, uh, Aitchison, was it? Yeah, Jacob. Jacob, Jacob Aitchison. And he shared his testimony of how he reconnected with God um, over a four-day fasting and praying and spending time in the Word. That was amazing. Experience up on a hill Mm -hmm. uh, with no one but just the Lord and Him and how it was challenging to deal with the hunger pains, but that just led him closer and closer to Jesus. And he, I guess, experienced what it means that man does not live by bread alone. That was a scripture that really came to but by every word that proceeds from the earth. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it's. I really do believe... I mean, we don't we don't talk about this much, but it's as true as true can be because the scriptures talk about in the last days God giving visions and dreams, pouring out His Spirit on young men and young women, mm-hmm. um, including us that are a little bit older as well. We don't we don't get missed out either. <laughs> but God is raising up young people. Mm. You know, young people like I have never seen before. Mm-hmm. I've been around for a little while, but Sharissa, I've never seen 
so many young people rising up at such a time as this, wanting to be used by God in a mighty and a powerful way. You know, the testimonies, just the sincerity, the enthusiasm. Uh, These young people, a lot of them are professional young people with a lot of gifts and abilities, wanting to be used by God. I don't know about you, but are you seeing this movement? And it's been going on for about, I guess, about 20 years, I would say, mm-hmm. or so that I've been watching and observing. It's just powerful. It is, and it's it's exciting because, you know, at the end of the day, you, we can all find God for ourselves wherever we are. Like, we mm. just have to seek Him. And I guess without all the, you know, you don't need to have fancy things to mm. seek God. You just need an open heart Amen. Uh, that's willing to say, Lord, please show yourself to me, and God will he will reveal himself to you. So that that was really encouraging. Amen. That was great. And we went out. Did you mention the... No, I didn't. You, you tell them. Yeah. Well, we went out um, knocking on doors Saturday afternoon. That's right. There was an opportunity to do that for about an hour or so. So we went out in pairs, a whole bunch of people. I, I counted there was at least 100 people or more that took up that challenge. And so we went out, um, knocked on the doors uh, of Stewart's Point, mm-hmm. there where the campgrounds were, not far away, a few minutes away, mm-hmm. and just to pray with people and to share with them some some literature that they would find helpful to their spiritual journey. I really enjoyed it. I went out with um, Charmaine from yeah. Amazing oh, Facts. Good. Yeah, good. from Amazing Facts, um, Oceania. Uh-huh. And so it was wonderful to spend time with her and just praying with people and encouraging people. And, yeah, it was, it was, it was a real highlight. I bumped into a guy there who had on his lawn Cash is King oh, really? and a whole bunch of other things on his car, you know, like, we need to have cash very much anti the you know digital. the central bank digital <laughs> currency and all you would this have had digital. a lot to share oh boy i said to him i've got a radio program and <laughs> uh, i think his name's ron if i remember correctly so i told him i'll give him a big shout out ron if you're listening yes. um so i was able to share with him that the bible foretold uh what you've got on your front lawn mm-hmm. and you know where things are heading and i was able to help move the discussion away from, you know, angry and upset with the government to to focusing on the government that is to come, mm-hmm. you know, the government that God will establish, one with, you know, eternal peace and justice uh, for all and one where we won't need, you know, any kind of currency but only the currency of love mm-hmm. and grace will will reside in God's kingdom. Amen. I went out with Sam. Your oh yeah, friend, Sam. my mate Sam, somebody Sam, <laughs> and he was good to go out with. He he does a lot of this stuff, so he was quite seasoned. And uh, the very first door we went to was really the best door that we went to. Mm. <laughs> a lot of people, when you say, "Would you like prayer?" You know, we're just going to see how we can, you know, pray for our community. And a lot of people would say, "Oh no, we're right, thanks." And I think you know, it takes a while to build trust with mm-hmm. people. But the first lady that we met, um, and as we, you know, shared with her while we were there on her door, why we were in the area, she said, I grew up Seventh-day Adventist. She said, I have family who is Seventh-day Adventist. And if you looked at her, you probably wouldn't have thought that straight away. But uh, it was really, you know, it's great to be able to connect with her. We offered her the little book, Steps to Christ, and mm-hmm. pointed her to the chapter on prayer and said, you know, she'll really enjoy this. And uh, we got to pray with her at the door. And she didn't really open the door too much, but you could see through the door that she was uh, quite moved by that. Mm-hmm. And it is something special when someone says, can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. Can I bring you before God? So that was 
That was really special. Praise the Lord. Yeah, no, that, that was really great. And I'm glad we had that opportunity. Like I said, it felt like AYC <laughs> um, because at AYC, that's what takes place. I've only been to two uh, mm-hmm. many moons ago, but I, I know that AYC that started well, 15, 16, 17 years ago. I know it started first in America mm-hmm. and then, you know, there are different chapters around the world, including here in Australia. And it's just so wonderful to be able to get out there. It's amazing how many people are receptive. Mm-hmm. And wanting to learn, wanting to grow. Probably receptive because of the things that you and I are going to be talking about yeah, today. absolutely. Like people looking at these things and saying, we've never seen this sort of thing before. What does it mean? Yeah, that's true. And look, not, not everyone um, is interested in, in, in having a discussion on these matters, but there are more and more people who are genuinely interested and they're asking questions and they want to know and, and they want to, you know, they want hope. At the end of the day, it matters not where you live, People want hope. Mm-hmm. And this year, as we'll discover, is going to be the biggest year in world electoral history. Yes. More, you know about that. More people are going to the ballots this year than ever before. Over I did four, not know about that, but I just 4.2 billion people, some of the wow. biggest elections, some of the biggest countries, some, some, well, you know, India, the United States, South Africa, uh, Pakistan, Iran, Russia, year. a number of countries are going to the polls. And so we're going to be taking a look at um, some of these headlines. And so, yeah, as people can see, the, the things that are taking place, the winds that are gathering, mm. um, the storm clouds that are gathering, people are asking questions, you know, where do we turn to? And a lot of people are, are despondent discouraged uh, they don't know what all this means but they can see something's on the horizon and that's why we're here to share with them that there is something on the horizon that something is called Jesus mm-hmm. and his second coming and he's about to return hallelujah yeah well in light of that where would you uh, take us first today in in terms of you know significant happenings in the world okay well i think um what i would like to do is i uh, oh boy it's it's a real toss up where <laughs> where do we begin um Let's begin with uh, what's been happening, well, what did happen there at the World Economic Forum. Okay. Uh, we briefly touched on that um, last week, but there's, there's a few more things that I think are really, really important. And just, you know, in line with um, what we're talking about now in connection with, you know, people uh, are fearful, mm-hmm. they're... they're They're stressed, they're anxious, just as the Bible says in Luke 21, you know, men's hearts uh, are failing them from fear. The World Economic Forum um, took place uh, back in January, as it does each and every year. And uh, the who's who of of the political world and, and of the economic world, the social world, even religious leaders, they were all there at the World Economic Forum. And we also had the Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, and he was there and he gave a speech, a very, very fascinating speech. Now, I won't read the, the whole thing, but I just want to read to you a little of what he has to say. Now, this is the Secretary General. You could say basically the world president. Um, he's the Secretary General of the United Nations. And this is what he had to say um, at the World Economic Forum. The headline was Special Address by Antonio Guterres. And it goes on. It says, UN Secretary General Guterres warns in his Davos speech about the existential threats posed by runaway climate chaos and the runaway development of AI without guardrails. And that's true. AI doesn't have guardrails at the moment. Mm -hmm. He calls the phase-out of fossil fuels essentials and inevitable and says we must act now to ensure a just and equitable transition to renewable energy. And then notice this, what he says. He says, we need to rebuild trust 
in the world. He says trust is at its lowest point. Deep reforms to global governance are needed in order to manage geopolitical tensions during a new era, new era, I should say, of multipolarity. Hmm. Now, what that is telling us is that he's saying that we need a new world of global governance to a deal. New world order. A new world order is another way to look at it. And this is what he says. He says, in the face um, of these serious, even existential threats posed by runaway climate chaos and the runaway development of artificial intelligence without guardrails, we seem powerless to act. As climate breakdown begins, countries remain hell-bent on raising emissions. Our planet is heading for a scorching three-degree increase in global temperatures. And he goes on and on, citing that 2023 went down as the hottest year on record. That's when he came out with his famous global boiling. You remember that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, then he goes on and he talks about that. I won't, um, I won't take more time in connection with that. Then he goes on and he talks about the geopolitical divides. He says geopolitical divides are preventing us from coming together around the global solution. Little wonder that people everywhere are losing faith in governments, institutions, and financial and economic systems. And he goes on and he says, At times of existential peril in the past, the world came together to mitigate these risks. During the Cold War, the world faced terrible regional conflicts and moments of great danger. And he goes on and he says how the world all came together. And he says... Now is the time for the world to come together again. He said that just the other week? He said that, yeah, the other week. That's amazing, isn't it? January 17. That's what he said. Um, He said, left to itself, speaking of this world, it could deepen fault lines between north and south, east and west, developed and developing economies. He says, the only way to manage this complexity and avoid a slide into chaos is through reformed, inclusive, networked multilateralism. And basically he says, and I'll just finish off this, he says, this requires strong multilateral institutions and frameworks and effective mechanisms of global governance. Mm. Global governance is words of new world order. Mm -hmm. That's code language for the new world order. And he's saying that in the past we've had this north and south, and we still do, and after World War II, it was the North, the global North, that put together the new the, the order of the day. Mm-hmm. He's saying now we need to have an inclusive East, West, North, South. Everyone needs to be included. We basically need a new framework for a new United Nations. Wow. <laughs> this is that peace and safety message. It is, it of is. First Thessalonians it's chapter all coming five. together, isn't it? Yeah, and, and he goes on. If you just read the the... The, the script, if you read his uh, statement that he made, it's literally reading from Matthew 24. Mm. Um, it, it's just incredible. And um, so, so this is where we are. And, um, yeah, that was, that was just one thing from, from the World Economic Forum. Um, we've got another minute. Fantastic. I was going to um, take a look at um, the World Economic Forum. They also put out their global risks report each year. They put out their global risks report for mm-hmm. that year. You know, what are, the, what are the big ticket items? What are the big risks that the world is facing? Now, I'm not sure if this page is going to lay it load very well because I'm having some internet, some internet challenges here. Um, but 
If you send it to me, if I, I can get it, it on my computer. <laughs> you can get it to your computer. Or you um, want to type it in here. <laughs> um, I, may, I may do that. You know what? Why don't we listen to the news? Let's do that. Then, well, then you can sort out your computer and then we'll come back uh, with your article. So uh, let's just stay with us, folks. Danny's going to sort his computer out. <laughs> Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Faith looks up, sorry looks back, worry looks around. All right, folks, good to have you still with us here on the Looking Up program. We want to let you know that today we have a giveaway for the first couple of people who contact us. It's the first three people who connect with us today, so you want to be quick. But the giveaway is a book called Beginning of the End. It's in a, it's a, it's a paraphrased or abridged version of a, of a book you may be familiar with, Patriarchs and Prophets is the book it's um, kind of a condensed version of by Ellen G. White. So uh, Satan emerged the winner in the Garden of Eden, or so he thought he had succeeded in tempting a third of the angels in heaven to become enemies of God. Now he had led the first humans to disobey God. He was on a roll from that point on. Pain, suffering and death would fill this world. But there's a great story that follows, and that's why you need to have this book. So if you are interested, please be ready to text in the code word, which we will release a little bit later on in the program, to this number, our studio number, 0488-817-624. Just keep that number ready and handy so you can be ready to be one of the first three people to text in the code word. Amen. 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 Fantastic. Well, we continue on, eh? We soldier on? Yes. I can hear some um, music. Where is that from? <laughs> There's some music coming from somewhere. Well, it's uh, definitely not me. It must be your computer. It's working. My computer? <laughs> Surely not. That's not your job to play the music. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, folks. Shell has just fixed it. She's just fixed the problem. <laughs> How we got there, we do not know. But we got there. <laughs> I could hear this music in the background as well. I'm thinking, Shell, I need to say something to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have mercy, have mercy. It's all happening today. It's all happening it is, today. It is, it is, it is. All right, so we were talking about the World Economic Forum mm-hmm. and some of the big ticket items that they are saying are of concern. And we had um, Antonio Guterres. I mean, just reading through the script, or you can watch his message online. They've posted it online. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's enough um, to tell yeah. you that we are at a we are at an inflection point. We're right on the edge. We're on the brink. Yes. And he he's the Secretary General. He's calling for a new way to do life. Mm-hmm. We need new government. We need a new way. We we just we just cannot continue in the same way. So. Uh, Taking a look at the Global Risks Report of 2024 from the World Economic Forum, okay? This is what was published on the 10th of January, so just under a month ago. And I'll just read to you sort of the the blurb on why they put this Global Risks Report 2024. They talked to various economists and um, social 
uh, commentators, politicians, uh, you name it, people from the environment and so on and so forth. So they talk about, they talk to everyone in the, 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 the who's who in the know when it comes to what's going on in the world, and then they put this report together. It says the Global Risks Report explores some of the most severe risks we may face over the next decade against a backdrop of rapid technological change, economic uncertainty, a warming planet, and conflict. Mm. They're the, they're the thing. As cooperation comes under pressure, weakened economies and societies may only require the smallest shock to edge past the tipping point of resilience. Mm. This is what they're saying. So this is, this is what they say as we look back at 2023. The headline, the title, A Deteriorating Global Outlook. Looking back at the events of 2023, plenty of developments captured the attention of people around the world, while others received minimal scrutiny. Vulnerable populations grappled with lethal conflicts from Sudan to Gaza and Israel, alongside record-breaking heat conditions, drought, wildfires and flooding. Societal discontent was palpable in many countries with news cycles dominated by polarization, violent protests, riots and strikes. And that's not all. It goes on. Although globally destabilizing consequences such as those seen at the initial outbreak of the Russia-Ukraine war or the COVID-19 pandemic were largely avoided, the longer term outlook for these developments could bring further global shocks. And it goes on and it talks about a survey of some of the world leaders um, when it comes to those who are taking a look at what is taking place um, in the world and how optimistic or otherwise they are. And this is what they discovered. A survey in September 2023 surveyed these individuals and the majority of respondents, that is 54%, it was a large number, anticipate some instability and moderate risk of global catastrophes, while another 30% expect even more turbulent conditions in the coming years. Hmm. The outlook is markedly more negative over the 10-year time horizon, with nearly two-thirds of respondents expecting a stormy or turbulent outlook. Well, that seems to be the same for pretty much everybody, isn't it? It does. Everybody says the future looks rough. They are. So that's what they are saying. And um, they're just saying there's so many different items that are all lining up, Mm -hmm. you know, to bring Mm -hmm. this world on the brink. And you remember that um, that 12 point, those those 12 points that I that I shared a little while ago and um, a world on the brink, you know, and I'll just go through some of these, you know. The abandonment of truth and common sense. <laughs> that sounds like little Judah there yes. in the background. He's making his voice heard. He's making his voice heard. Maybe he wants to have a platform as well. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, the downward spiral of morality and disintegration mm. of society. We're going to look at that some mm-hmm. more. You know, the, this increase in political tension and instability, these growing divisions, polarization and civil unrest in society. The French are having... Protests, you know, the farmers are protesting, and there's many others that are protesting mm. because laws that are being brought in by various governments in connection with the climate, in particular, that are either driving them out of business or making business um, almost impossible. It's amazing. The whole world is in upheaval, isn't it? Absolutely. All around the world, every sector. Everywhere you look. 
um, you know, the economic uncertainty and stability. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about that. Yeah, the rates didn't rise. The interest rate didn't. No, praise the Lord, they didn't. But they it didn't. means inflation is still a problem. It does. Um, and we're still on the edge. Mm-hmm. You know, um, unfortunately, more and more people are really struggling because um, people yeah. are people, more and more people are moving off their very low interest rates that mm-hmm. they were on. Um, that they had fixed in, and now they are moving off, and they have a rude awakening when their interest, uh, sorry, in their, their mortgage repayments are, are pretty much double mm-hmm. of what they were, possibly even more. And so they were already finding it hard to make ends meet. And it's not just mortgages, but everything's going up. Yeah, you know, school fees are going up. Uh, just the overall cost of living is going up, and so crime the, is going up. Crime is going <laughs> up. You know, and um, so so there's this growing call for world peace and safety. And so that that's where we are, Sharissa. That's what Jesus said would be taking place. Yep, for sure. So where do we take our listeners? I mean, where is the hope? Well, we better give them some. We better give them some hope before we continue and We on. actually can't give them any hope, but Jesus can. He can. And the he Bible can. does. So if someone was to say to you, all these things are going on, I'm really stressed, um, I'm, I'm pretty down, I'm depressed, I'm anxious. Where would you go? What, what would you share with them? What are some scriptures, some words of encouragement that we could share with our, with our listeners, with people who we meet to help them? Yeah, well, the first verse that comes to my mind is the verse that is associated with this program, which we have talked about many times before, but it's worthy of mentioning it again. In context, it's speaking of times like these. And in times like these, Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, verse 28, he said, now when these things begin to happen and they've begun to happen, they're happening. Jesus counselors, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Mm. Look away from the things of this world and look to me, that is, look to me and my promises to you of a hope and a future that is beyond the troubles, beyond the chaos of this life into a better world that, that he will bring. That's one that comes to my mind. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, that's why we call it the looking up show, don't we? Mm-hmm. Because Jesus said, when you see these things, look up, because these things would happen. Yes. He has told us these things, as he says in John Fourteen twenty nine, I think it is. Let me have a look here at John fourteen twenty nine, where Jesus says, "And now I have told you before it comes to pass, that when it does come to pass, you may believe." Amen. So He's told us all these things ahead of time. Yes. And we need ought not to be afraid because these things need to happen. And then we go a couple of chapters over to John chapter sixteen. And these are beautiful words. And our speaker, Dwayne Lemon, he tapped into these words from over the, the weekend. Conference? That's yeah. right, from the prayer conference. He talked about uh, what Jesus shared with his disciples just before his crucifixion. Mm-hmm. In John sixteen thirty two and 33, Jesus says, Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Amen. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Amen. So we're told, Jesus told us, in the world you're going to have tribulation. He's telling his disciples, but be of good cheer, Mm -hmm. I have overcome the world. Yeah, beautiful. I got one more here. Yeah. Um, The words of Jesus again, uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29 
He says, come to me, all you who labor mm. and are heavy laden. Maybe there are people out there feeling really stressed mm, about the interest rates and feeling mm. very stressed about what they're reading in the news and the headlines. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What's a yoke? A yoke is uh, an instrument that is put on oxen mm -hmm. in order to enable them to walk in sync together in order to be able to pull together. And so the weight is distributed. And so it's not as heavy and it makes the load a lot lighter to pull. Right. So it's, it's not egg yolk. No, no, it's not <laughs> egg yolk. No. <laughs> take my yoke, that instrument that you just mentioned, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Mm. It's a very peaceful it is. Uh, promise from Jesus. It is, it is. And I mean, Jesus went through tough times. He did. And I mean, he went through the toughest of all times. Yeah. Uh, his battle with sin and Satan, especially there in Gethsemane on, on the cross. He had conflict of every kind, like he did. financially. He, did. he was never really well off. Uh, familiarly, his family turned on him. Mm. Um, religious leaders turned on him as well. Yeah. He was rejected. Mm -hmm. And so. Yeah, Jesus experienced all the all the trauma and all the pain um, associated with human life. He did, and yet he and, and he yet trusted in he his trusted in, in his father. father. Well, it's interesting. His his final words before he died were, "Into thy hands I commit my spirit." Mm -hmm. So he trusted in his heavenly Father. And when it comes to trusting in God, it's interesting what's happening in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Uh, here we go. All right. So we're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about American prophecy because America is at the very forefront of end time prophecy. In fact, America is the very, is the very epicenter of end time prophecy. It we know is. that that is where it's going to begin. Mm -hmm. um, in, a, in, a, in a major way, it's going to spread throughout the whole world. Well, the United States... We don't need to introduce the United States and what's taking place there. It's in a it's in a real predicament. I mean, just today, just today, I heard the news. Um, I'm not sure if you've caught up on it, but Donald Trump um, he he asked uh, the judge to dismiss this charge of him, you know, stoking that um, January six uh, rebellion or uprising or what was it called. Um, had a had a specific name for it. Um, that January sixth yeah, uh, uh, yeah. rebellion. Anyway, whatever it was, um, and uh, he said no. He he has the president. He was the president of the time. He's immune from being prosecuted in connection with that. And one of the the three judges of um, of a high court, they dismissed that and said no. Sorry, you still uh, are accountable and you still can be tried. And so it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. But um, if I can tell you, Sharissa, I'm not a prophet or a son of a prophet, but if perchance mm -hmm. Donald Trump this year I is, think he might. is convicted of a crime, he's, he's before the courts, I think there are four major cases that he's dealing with. If he's convicted of a crime and if he's sent to jail, mm. I'm telling you that will bring the United States to a point that it has not experienced since the Civil War. Mm. Now, I'm not a prophet or a son of a prophet, but if that is not fuel for a potential civil war in the United States, I don't know what is. Hmm. Well, I don't know what to say to that. I'm just looking at Shell and she's giving me all the words with her face. <laughs> that's kind of scary. <laughs> it is. It is. And that's where she we is. are. She's I say agree something. with you, though. I think, I if, think if, it's very much 
I mean, that, that's Leading just going that to yeah. cause a storm, a huge storm. And so we're going to go to, after this, after this break, we're going to go to um, something. Yep. We just need to have a song right now. We do. Aaron Shust, Wondrous Love. That's, let's listen to this. Everyone's falling and everyone's dying and everyone's losing their minds. We need a savior who's walked in our footsteps. I don't think he's going to be reelected. God on our side. To know why we're tempted, to know why we're tired, to understand suffering and pain. I, I think that if he goes to prison, to give us a reason to hope for tomorrow, yeah, and not be restrained for today. Evidence? Because some of it's actually. That scary. you would leave your oh. throne. Yeah. I'd make this world your home. But, um. Forsaking yeah, majesty. Like embracing mundane. <laughs> and all of but its shame. If he goes to prison, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. You walked our dusty streets. Healing the world in need. You looked into the eyes of sinners like me, setting us free. What wondrous love is this? What wondrous love is this? That you would lay aside your glory.
That was Aaron Shust bringing to us wondrous love, and you are listening to the Looking Up program. You actually got a little bit of extra commentary during my that bad. song. My bad. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I bumped my mic. You get yeah. to hear this American going off a little. <laughs> <laughs> we were having a good chat about what we were talking about on air a minute ago, though, so I hope you enjoyed that as well. A little extra. <laughs> For no extra cost. For no extra For cost. For no extra cost. Completely All free. <laughs> But we do want to let you know that we are going to give away the code word for today's giveaway. A reminder that the giveaway is a little book. It's a condensed version of a book you may know, Patriarchs and Prophets. That's the book that you know. But this book is called Beginning of the End, a condensed version of that same book, taking us through Bible history from the time of Eden and even a little bit before that right through to, well, the time of the patriarchs and prophets so uh, if you'd like to be in the running to get the three copies that we have available today you have to be one of the first three people to text in the code word to our studio number and the code word is LU24 hope LU24 hope all one word so the letters LU, numbers 2, 4 for 2024, and the word hope. All together, no emojis. Text that through to 0488-817-624. And if you're one of the first three people to do so, you will receive this as a little gift from us to you. And uh, thanks for those who've been letting us know you've been listening to us. Uh, it's good to have you with us again, Steve and Lydia. And I hope that there are more out there just like you. <laughs> but uh, we're glad that you're joining us today. Fantastic. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what's happening in the United States of America. Yeah, okay. let's as, keep talking about that. As we pointed out, the United States, according to Revelation 13, will be the epicenter of Bible prophecy. And so there was a very interesting gathering uh, there in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., on January 31. Mm-hmm. So that's just a week ago. That's when we were airing oh, for yes. the first time this year, last Wednesday. Yes. And uh, it was a national gathering for prayer and repentance. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting. It um, started at about 7.30 or so, 7.30, 8 o'clock, and it went till 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So about a five-hour uh, gathering of prayer and repentance. And people can go to, to that particular website. National Gathering for Prayer and Repentance, and you can watch uh, that entire uh, program and what took place. Now, this uh, gathering composed Christian and government leaders who gathered at the Museum of the Bible to pray for the nation and ask God to forgive us for our sins. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, these, these uh, religious and political leaders came together, I've never seen this before, to this degree and they were praying and asking God to forgive them individually, to forgive them as a nation for turning their backs on God, turning their backs on, on the moral code that God has given to us, in particular the Ten Commandments, His Word, and the nation is, is going off the deep end and they are saying God is turning His back on us because we've told God to take a hike. Mm -hmm. There were guys like Jonathan Kahn who mm. spoke including Mike Johnson. Wow. He was one of the speakers. Well, he only read out a text and he, and he had a little bit to say. And he read from Solomon's prayer mm -hmm. where Solomon prayed for wisdom and God gave him wisdom and he gave him everything else. And in that passage, he quoted um, Solomon's prayer 
that if we turn away from you, O God, but we look to you and we repent and seek forgiveness, you will hear from heaven. Amen. You'll forgive our sins and you'll heal our land. And that's in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And let me read to you from the two co-founders, and this really sums up, this really sums up uh, where things are at. And then I'll read to you a little from an article. Yep. An article from uh, the Christian Broadcast Network entitled, America Needs God. Lawmakers join evangelical leaders in repentance. I'm telling you, this is straight out of that book, The Great Controversy, which we're going to take a look at in just a moment. Okay. Have a look at have a look at what um, Tony Perkins, he's um, a founder of this convention, Family Research Council, co-founder of the National Gathering for Prayer and Repentance. This is what he has, this is what he has to say. Listen to this: Our nation needs God now. Our founding fathers understood that our strength and unity were found in our commitment to him and to his righteousness. We think America is strong, yet a long train of events reveals weakness on every front and historic level of division. He says, we assume America will always be. It will not. Under God must become more than a part of our Pledge of Allegiance. In God we trust must be more than our national motto on our currency. America needs God. While some may refuse to accept that reality, we readily acknowledge that America truly does need God. It is for that reason that we come together at the National Gathering for Prayer and Repentance to repent of sin. We invite you to join us on January 31 in the spirit of humility, brokenness, contriteness, and repentance. Mm. So the pendulum sounds like it's swinging. It's it's swinging. It's swinging. Now we do need to turn to God. There's nothing wrong with leaders, political, religious coming together to pray to God, to seek repentance, um, to pray that God will you know pour out His blessings upon the people, upon the nation. There is nothing at all wrong with that. However, Revelation 13 tells us that the pendulum is going to swing. In fact, let's read Revelation 13 and let's see how this pendulum swings from what this nation has been. Mm -hmm. This nation has been the beacon for bastion of freedom, freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, you know, civil and religious freedom. It's in the First Amendment, you know, this separation of church and state that 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 allows for people to be able to express their faith according to the dictates of their conscience, whether it's Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhists, atheist, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. But now we see that because of the precarious situation the United States is in, in all areas, be it politically, be it um, ethnically, be it economically, I mean, there are... There are winds of strife on every corner, not to mention all the natural disasters that have hit the United States in the last 10, 20 or so years. Um, the, the, these religious leaders and politicians are coming together and they're saying, we need God back. And this is where the pendulum is going to swing. If you want to read Revelation 13 mm-hmm. and read verse 11 to begin with, Revelation 13 verse 11. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. Okay. So this is the United States of America. It has two horns like what? A lamb. Lamb. What do those two horns represent? Religious liberty. And civil liberty. Civil Civil and religious liberty. So, uh, you know, a political system without a king, Mm -hmm. 
and uh, a religious system without without a pope. Mm-hmm. So freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, civil freedom. But this nation that has Christ-like characteristics, and Jesus said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, render unto God what is God. Yes. I mean, the Ten Commandments, they're divided into the civil and the religious, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And every other time the Lamb is mentioned in Revelation, it's a reference it's to always Jesus. always to Christ. Yeah, the Lamb, Jesus Christ, he is the Lamb. Mm-hmm. He is the Lamb. 29 times in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. Lamb in reference to Jesus. And here also, but this Lamb has a transition. Mm. From being <laughs> lamb-like to being dragon-like. Now, who's the dragon in Revelation? The, the, it's Satan. It's Satan. Mm-hmm. There's definitely no doubt as to who the dragon is. It's the devil and Satan. That's right. That's from the previous chapter, isn't it? That's from the previous chapter. Revelation chapter 12, 12 you might want to read verse that. 9. Yeah, you can read that if you like. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Okay, so this is how the nation will become. And then if you want to read verse 12. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Okay, and this first beast is speaking of the Roman papacy. That's right. Okay. And the and earth, the, speaking of the world. The world. The world. So, and it causes, you know, the whole world to worship mm-hmm. according to the dictates of the Roman papacy. And we're going to get to that as we go along, what the ultimate aim is. But this is, this is speaking of this pendulum swing. And I've shared this in the past with our listeners, but probably worth sharing. You know, there have been three major pendulum swings in the last two thousand. Well, there have been two. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for the third one. We're talking about the third one now. The first one was when Christianity became the state religion under Constantine. That was the first pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. So we went from Christians being persecuted to now Christians became flavor of the month. <laughs> Church and state got into bed together. Mm-hmm. The second pendulum swing was what led up to the French Revolution and the forming of the United States of America, where we now have people saying enough of church and state being in bed together because that only creates persecution and poverty. Mm -hmm. And so the church and the state was separated. And that's where we are today. But now we see that at the end of time, there will be that third pendulum swing where church and state unite in order to solve these global issues, beginning in the United States, to solve these global issues. And um, so, yeah, this is where we are. And it's interesting um, what the co-founder, Dr. Jim Garlo, had to say. And I'll just read a little from his blurb here on the website. He says, um, the prayers are about repentance, for personal sins, for sin in the church, for America's sins. We focus on the vertical, that is God. We don't applaud for people. It's interesting, there was no applause. Mm-hmm. It says, we're not applauding, <laughs> okay? This is not This is not some kind of festival. This is not some kind of entertainment that we're dealing with. We are genuinely asking God to forgive us. He says, we don't applaud for people. We only applaud for God at the end. We don't have speeches or sermons except designated persons who take seven or eight minutes to call us to serious repentance. I had a prayer conference. Yeah, this was a prayer conference. <laughs> it was, literally. We don't even introduce people. The spotlight is on God. People lead wow. in prayer to him. And he goes, sincere, heartfelt prayer, intense prayer, as if the nation depends on it because it does. Mm. 
Okay. Now let me read a little. We've got still a little bit more. This is from that Christian Broadcast Network um, uh, article entitled "America Needs God: Lawmakers Join Evangelical Leaders in Repentance." Okay. And this is what um, this is what Mike Johnson had to say. In this time of great crisis and in this moment of cultural upheaval, in an era of completely divided government, it is incumbent upon us to daily see God's wisdom in our affairs. This is the person who is third in line to the presidency. Wow. And this goes along with that, you know, that that project 2025, mm-hmm. which is the, the mandate for the next, uh, they're hoping to be, Republican president and Republican administration that will come into the White House. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really, really interesting, some of the things that were shared. Um, Did you say there was something you read, an article in the Washington Post as well? About, yeah. yeah you're getting to that? Yeah, we're going to get okay. to that. That's in connection with Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to hear about it. Yes, that, that's in connection with Sunday. And um so it's it's really interesting what is shared here. Where let, let oh there was um there was not only there was not only talk of of the nation coming back, but there was Israel as well. Mm. So the second half of the program was focused on Israel and Christians connected with Israel because evangelicals understand that Israel will have literal the nation of literal literal nation of Israel will be the epicenter of end time Bible prophecy. That's right. So they're all watching, aren't they? Yeah. So we're going to do we're going to do a Bible study on that. Probably Good. a couple of sessions on Israel, the biblical understanding of Israel and prophecy. So we're going to look at that. And um, so yeah, it's very very interesting what was taking place there. It was literally like reading out of this book, the Great Controversy. So um, because in this book it says when immorality hits that point. Um, religious and political leaders will come together in the United States to call upon God, and as a result, Sunday will come to the fore. And that's where we're going to go. Oh, wow. These are epic topics and lots to talk about still, but we're going to take a song moment now. I think we should listen to an uplifting song. Maranatha singers are going to bring to us a golden oldie, Sing Hallelujah. After that, we will continue our discussion.
the Maranatha singers sing hallelujah that was a fun song a good one and you're listening to the looking up show we want to remind you that there is a giveaway uh, for uh, those who are listening today and so the code word is LU24HOPE text that to our studio number 0488-817-624 and if you're one of the first three people to do so and there's still a chance to be that you will receive um, our wonderful book entitled Beginning of the End it's a condensed version of Patriarchs and Prophets which is a beautiful book mm, Amen Amen that would be a fantastic book so we've got a few people already that have well, they're, they're probably right now racing to text in that code word. So. You want that book. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we're talking about this pendulum that is beginning to swing in the United States of America. Yeah. Um, now, we know that this pendulum can swing whether it's the Republicans or whether it's the Democrats mm-hmm. because we know that both have something to gain, a lot to gain, by putting in place, you know, Uh, or setting aside a day when the whole country comes together and unites for either the climate or the family. We've talked about that as well in the past, and we'll we'll take a look at that a little as we go along if we've got time. But it's interesting, just before I take a look at that incredible article that that was published in the Washington Post, Mm. which is a leading um, newspaper there in the the nation's capital that – you know, lawmakers and politicians and religious leaders and others have access to and, you know, very influential. Before we get to that, a very interesting statistic that came through. This was from uh, the Christian Post uh, early January, and the headline was, Abortion was the leading cause of death worldwide in 2023. How sad. Did you know that? I did not know that. So in the year 2023, around the world, 44.6 million abortions were performed. Wow. Almost 50 million. That's almost 1 million a week. And so Mm. this was just absolutely phenomenal when I read that. Mm. Um, The second uh, leading cause of death worldwide were communicable diseases such as cancer. Mm. Okay, there were 12.9 million people that died from communicable diseases. Um, 8.2 million died from cancer, while smoking took out 4.9 million people. More than 2 million people died of alcohol use. More than 1 million people uh, died of HIV or AIDS. 1 million people or so died in traffic accidents and and so forth. But can you see? So sad. You know, 44 million 
babies were aborted. And the majority of them, the majority of them were were not abortions because the mother's life was in danger or or there were potentially serious defects to the child. The majority of them were just unwanted pregnancies for various reasons. Mm. And these children never had an opportunity to see the light of day. And so yeah. the the American evangelicals, the American right, the Republicans in particular, they see what is taking place there in the United States, around the world, you know, just immorality, and they are saying something needs to change, that that God is punishing us. You know, he's turning his back on us, he's, he's taking away his protection mm-hmm. that we have had on this nation for almost 250 years since the forming of the United States of America, the way it is today, the Constitution and so on and so forth. And they're saying we need to get back to God. We cannot continue to turn our backs on God and expect him to continue to bless America. You know, we can sing till the cows come home, God bless America. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. I won't sing that song. It's a beautiful song. <laughs> I think it's I the first time it. I've heard you sing. <laughs> Please, listeners, don't try. <laughs> stay with us. Please stay with us. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. You know, God bless America, my home, sweet home. and Just beautiful words. They're mm. saying we can't sing this song. We can't give lip service yeah. to In God We Trust and, you know, the things that I read earlier, and yet not place the principles of God and his word that created this nation as a great nation. We Mm -hmm. can't ask for God to bless if we're not putting them front and center. That's right. And so anyway, let me take a... It's like people are waking up, isn't it? They are. They are. They are. The light's coming on. The light is coming on. So this is is what took place. Um, This is what I read in that Washington Post um, news article. This was January 23, 2024. And the the title was the title was this: Why reviving a two thousand six hundred year old spiritual practice made my life better. All right. So as I pointed out, this is a major newspaper there in the capital of the United States, um, very influential newspaper. And this is what was a little in that newspaper. So let me read to you a little bit from it. I won't read the whole lot, but I'll read little bits and pieces to you for it. It says, For many, it's virtually impossible to set aside an entire day for rest, free from responsibilities of work and family. For millennia, religions have regarded this ritual rest as a spiritual necessity, yet clergy are now arguing this practice whether in a secular or religious context, can help redirect the world's societies away from catastrophic climate change. In their view, it's as essential to the future as any clean energy technology or electric vehicle. goes on. It says, A shared day of rest, at a minimum, might slow the pace of consumption, curb emissions, or ease the burden of so many people working weary weekends. But slowing down, even for a day may also be at the very heart of a cultural change convincing society that a more sustainable way of life is not only good for the planet, but it's good for them. Interesting. It is very interesting language. It goes on here. It says, here's how a green Sabbath may be the right idea for one soul and the world. Keep going. Sorry. The human yearning for a weekly respite dates back at least 2,600 years from the Bible. The concept appears in Christianity and Islam, both of which set aside weekly days for ritual, as well as Buddhism's Yupo Satha, 
days and Japan's Roku Sainchi, among <laughs> others. I'm glad there weren't any other, there weren't more. And then the article goes on and says Pope Francis uh-huh. argued much the same about Christianity's Sunday in his 2015 La Dato Si. Interesting. An encyclical, an encyclical about caring for the natural world. He says, not resting is not just bad for the soul. He says, it's bad for the earth. Interesting. The, mm-hmm. This goes, is in the Washington this Post. This is in the Washington Post, secular newspaper. Wow. The constant drive to produce and consume more is not only squandering natural resources, it prevents us from treating the living world and one another with dignity and respect. The Sabbath forces us to consider how we spend all our days. Mm. And then, can you believe it? The author quotes from Laudato Si, where we've been <laughs> quoting paragraph 237 in connection with Sunday as the new Sabbath. Wow. Check this out. Quoting in the article from Laudato Si, Sunday, like the Jewish Sabbath, is meant to be a day which heals our relationships with God, with ourselves, with others, and with the world. This is incredible. And it goes on. And, and in the, they, they, it says Sunday restrictions. This is all from the article. Sunday restrictions were once common across the United States, sometimes known as blue laws. These prohibited everything from liquor sales to hunting to opening shops. Intended in part to encourage Sunday church attendance, the U.S. Supreme Court declared in 1884, th- notice these words, these also served a vital social mission to protect all persons from the physical and moral debasement which comes from uninterrupted labor. Amazing. So they're saying that Sunday is not just for religious purposes. It's for the family. It's for the planet. It has a secular purpose, yes, for people and for for planet. And so this this is just really, really incredible just to read this. Yeah, I'm amazed to hear it, and it just goes to show that Really, when you study God's word and the God who, you know, is who inspired the writing of scripture, mm. he says he knows the future. Mm. And when you study Bible prophecy, you know more about the future than the president of the United States Absolutely. or than the president Absolutely. of the UN. Like, you know more. <laughs> you do. It's amazing. Because we, we've been talking about this stuff and it's happening. And it's happening. They're literally putting it in the newspaper. Yeah. They're putting it and in the And the Bible newspaper. tells you where this is going to go. It does tell us, it's and we're amazing. going to. I'm going to share with you a quote that um, people used to scoff at, but now we are seeing the reality of it in just a moment. Just, just, just a, a finishing off here. There's a lot more, but I won't. I won't yeah. take the time. But it says here. I'll read. I'll read. I'll read this bit here. The immediate effect among millions of people. He calculates. Okay, so this is um, a guy that um, is part of the Green Sabbath project, which we've talked about in the past. The immediate effect among millions of people, he calculates, could dial back emissions for at least one day a week with no new technology or spending. But the practice of doing nothing, he argues, can make people change the way they live year-round, not just on the Sabbath, by appealing to an ancient human ritual rather than reason or even religion. So he's saying, they're saying in this article that there are such incredible blessings associated with having one day off Every single week. Mm. And this being right around the United States, being around the world. This is for the world. Um, So, yeah, I won't take the time to read any more of that, but I'm going to read to you something here. And I was reading it just today. Check this out. We are listening. Check this out. (laughs) Check this out. Here we go. 
Where are we here? This is from the Great Controversy, uh-huh. chapter 38. It's in when chapter 38. When was this book written? This book was first, well, the first vision, the vision of this was given in 1858. All right, so this is a book that goes 150 back. plus years ago. Amazing. Okay, right. But this particular edition is 1911, mm-hmm. okay, updated from 1888. Mm-hmm. So 1911, over 100 years ago. Have a look at this. It says, heretofore, this is page around page 605, 606, somewhere there, 605, 606. It says, Heretofore, those who presented the truths of the third angel's message have been regarded as mere alarmists. Okay, speaking of that, there'd be, there'd be worship about, laws that yeah. would be imposed by the United States of America in particular and moving across the world, but especially in the U.S., okay, mm-hmm. the land of the free and the home of the brave, the one that has that, you know, the First Amendment that Congress shall make no law in establishment of a religion or preventing the free exercise thereof. It says, those who presented the truths of the third angel's message have often been regarded as mere alarmists. Their predictions that religious intolerance would gain control in the United States, that church and state would unite such as we saw at that repentance ceremony, Mm -hmm. the church and state would unite to persecute those who keep the commandments of God have been pronounced groundless and absurd. It has been confidently declared that this land, speaking of the United States, could never become other than what it has been, the defender of religious freedom. But now notice these words. But as the question of enforcing Sunday observance is widely agitated, Mm a la the Washington Post and many others, the event so long doubted and disbelieved is seen to be approaching and the third message will produce an effect which it could not have had before. Amazing. You know, another reason why... Sunday might be, um, my laws might be pushed to enforce Sunday. I'm just looking here as you were talking, is um, that Sunday church attendance has actually dropped dramatically in recent times. Did you know that? Since, yes, especially I do. since oh, absolutely. COVID. Absolutely. Um, this article here says there's a deepening decline of, of attendance in the Church of England after COVID. It was bad. The data says that overall the church lost one in five Sunday worshippers wow. during COVID and for children's even worse. Uh, so in long term, they're saying the church is looking in deep trouble, but this is across the board. You know, mm-hmm. people are, yeah, since COVID, even even Sabbath worshippers, <laughs> I know in some of our churches, they've struggled to come back because they I got have. used to staying home. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. Yeah, and that's right across the board. And I did, I saw a statistic um not not very different to Australia, where you know those with no religion, uh, the numbers have yeah, skyrocketed right. it, and those who are a Christian persuasion, the numbers are going down, and so that's happening in the United States of of America as well. Not to the same extent as in Australia, yeah. as we've seen on the census, but it's going through. And here's another statement. This is on about page six oh six. It says, "To human wisdom, speaking of what we've just talked about, to human wisdom, all this now seems impossible. But as the restraining spirit of God shall be withdrawn from men, which is happening." in the United States and they shall be under the control of Satan who hates the divine precepts there will be strange developments the heart can be very cruel when God's fear and love are removed wow well hold those thoughts because I know we've got more to share on this we're going to listen to Danny Goki bring to us haven't seen it yet after which there's the news and then I want to hear your reflections on that quote Mm. been praying and you still have no answers have
Have you been pouring out your heart for so many years? Have you been hoping that things would have changed by now? Have you cried all the faith you had through so many tears? Don't forget the things that he's done before. Remember, he can do it all once more. It's like the brightest sunrise waiting on the other side of the darkest night. Don't ever lose hope. Hold on and believe. Maybe you just haven't seen it. Just haven't seen it yet. You're closer than you think you are. On the moments from the break of dawn, all his promises are just a be.
Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Looking into This is the Looking Up program, and we are, wow, can you believe it? We're on the home stretch now. I can't believe it. You can see home base. We're on that that part of the journey. And just a reminder to all of you, if you want to try and get this book, you might still be able to, our free offer that we only have three copies of, Beginning of the End, Patriarchs and Prophets. It's the condensed version of that book. Text the code word LU24HOPE to this number, 0488-817-624, and you have a very good chance of being a winner today. Well, Pastor Danny, you are reading to us an amazing quote from this book that was written over 150 years ago, The Great mm-hmm. Controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, just refresh us what you were uh, <clears throat> saying and then bringing that point well, was, that you were making. I shared I shared a couple of a couple of statements from that chapter, chapter 38, The Final Warning, and this is a book that everyone needs to read, The Great yeah, Controversy. Everyone needs to read it. Um, and they can listen to it if they can. They can. They don't want to read exactly it. Exactly right. They can do that. Um, and so one, the, the first quote was, the things that we're talking about will be seen as being an alarmist. Mm-hmm. You know, far-fetched, could never happen. Conspiracy theorists. Exactly. All that and more. Misinformation, disinformation. <laughs> fake news. Fake news. Okay. <laughs> okay, I think we've exhausted all the synonyms. But um, we discovered that as the storm approaches, as the storm approaches, there will be more and more of this mm-hmm. being shared, and we will see that this is the sure word of prophecy. Yeah, amazing. And um, the things that Jesus said in connection with the destruction of Jerusalem seem far fetched. Yeah, I was just reading, and by the way, this book, the Great Controversy, it begins. The first chapter is on the destruction of Jerusalem in seventy A.D. and its temple, mm-hmm. and the the author says. What took place on that localized level will take place worldwide. Um, And so you can see all the ingredients of what led to the destruction of Jerusalem. Sadly, the Jewish leadership, they rejected Christ as the Messiah. At the end of time, it will be the evangelical world in the United States that will lead the world, that will join together with the Roman papacy. That's what the Bible says in Revelation 13. That will join together to turn their backs on God's law and in particular on God's sign. Mm -hmm. God's sign for the last days in particular, which is his fourth commandment. So true. And as you were saying that, I couldn't help but think to myself how important it is that we have a right understanding of Bible prophecy. Mm. Because in the time of Jesus, when he came the first time, they had a wrong understanding of the work of the Messiah and and that they were expecting him to come and take over the world and, you know, conquer the Romans. But he came and he died on the cross and they missed it because they they didn't understand. And so too for us, as we are in these epic times, a correct understanding of what God has revealed to us will happen in his word as we're here on the edge of eternity as it were it's so important otherwise we could be in the wrong crowd exactly and that's what's taking place you know the evangelicals in the united states of america instead of looking to their own land um as the epicenter of bible prophecy they're looking to israel Mm. um they're they're going back to the east and Mm -hmm. bible prophecy goes from east to west Mm. um according to scriptures and so yeah and that second statement that i read um 
You know, to human wisdom, all this now seems impossible. But as the restraining spirit of God shall be withdrawn from men, and they shall be under the control of Satan, who hates the divine precepts, speaking of the commandments of God. Yes. Because that's always been Satan's, um, that's been his attack. His attack has always been focused on the law of God, which is the foundation of his government, which is the constitution of heaven, which is a transcript of his character. So Satan has attacked the character of God, which is exhibited through his law of love. And, um, you know, Satan, who hates the divine precepts, just continuing to read, there will be strange developments, strange developments. And that's what we are seeing right now. And it's interesting, um, page 590 of that same book, Great Controversy, speaking of what we're going to be taking a look in just a moment, it will be declared... Mm -hmm that men are offending God by the violation of the Sunday Sabbath Hmm. and that this sin has brought calamities which will not cease until Sunday observance shall be strictly enforced and that those who present the claims of the fourth commandment, thus destroying reverence for Sunday, are troublers of the people, preventing, notice these words now, preventing their restoration to divine favor and temporal prosperity. Wow. What did we just read in connection with what took place there in Washington, D.C. at that prayer for repentance uh, convention. They're coming together for the political. They're praying for God to do what? To restore them to the prosperity and to the blessing. And they're not talking about Sunday right now, there and then. But as, as time goes by, they're going to be talking about that more and more openly, sharing more and more openly that we need to set aside a day for God to come into our presence, people to get back to church, people to stop working, people to for the take time. For, for the family. Planet, for family. And for once, health. once again, the left and the right. We've yeah. talked about this in the past, but probably a good idea to reiterate. The left are pushing the environment. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the Democrats, the left, they're pushing the environment. That's their big baby. The right, the Republicans, they're pushing marriage and family and mm-hmm. the family. That's mm-hmm. their big one. And in the beginning there, God blessed. He blessed the environment, blessed the animals. That's the first blessing in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. The second blessing is marriage and family. That's the one that the Republicans support. And the third blessing is the Sabbath, mm-hmm. seventh-day Sabbath. So Satan will bring both these groups together, yep. one, that's uh, gunning for the environment or, you know, espousing the environment. The other one, marriage and family. And they both have an interest in both because there are Democrats. They care about their families. Republicans care about the environment and, you know, things falling apart. They, they genuinely, they maybe don't see it in the same way, but they care about those things. And so that one day will be brought, will bring everyone together. Just like the Sadducees and the Pharisees came together. Yeah, to crucify Christ. To crucify Christ. They had That's the common interesting, objective. Because even Jesus alludes to this um, uniting of the world against people who don't get with the picture or the program that the world presents as the mm-hmm. way of safety. Um, in Matthew 24, speaking right after Jesus outlines current, you know, the things that would be happening as signs that would indicate his soon return, like wars and rumors of wars and, and disease and earthquakes and famines, all of these in different places. Um, he says, these are the beginning of sorrows. And then he says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation mm. and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. So it's like the whole world mm-hmm. is coming together and then they're going to turn 
on the people who follow Jesus. That's what Jesus says. You're going to turn on the disciples of Jesus, the followers of Christ. Absolutely. And that's, um, and that's because they will see the followers of Jesus as those who are responsible for offending God. Because they're not getting with the program. They're not getting with this program, this mandate that will be rolled out worldwide. Now, it's not going to be, I believe, for religious purposes. And it will sound good, this mandate, because it's for a good purpose. But it's a mandate by man, (laughs) not a mandate by God. This is the counterfeit. Yes. The counterfeit. God has given us the Seventh-day Sabbath. That's a good point. Because a counterfeit, in order to be a counterfeit, has to look pretty much like the original. Exactly. The genuine. Exactly. So Sunday is right next to Saturday. And all that they want for Sunday is what God has given for the Sabbath. God gave the Sabbath for the family. God gave the Sabbath for the environment. God gave the Sabbath for rest. Mm. God gave the Sabbath for you know bringing all together. Pope Francis takes the principles that God gave for the Sabbath and he says, like Sunday, they are for the healing of the planet, for the healing of people. But God owns the copyright because exactly. he made it. But Satan in order to receive the worship that belongs to God alone as creator, and the Sabbath is a sign that God is our creator, Satan wants to usurp that prerogative that belongs to God alone, Mm. and he wants all to worship him on his day. Mm. And even God made that day. (laughs) Like God made every day, so he can't take it, but he tries anyway. Exactly. So this is how the two groups are going to come together. And so this whole idea of peace and safety. Mm. I mean, you know, we've talked about that. We talk about that every week because that's where that's where people are heading. We need peace and safety. We need peace and we safety. We do need peace and we safety. We need peace and safety. But the peace and safety that comes from being in Christ. Exactly. But Sunday, when Sunday is rolled out, and it will be rolled out, mm-hmm. this all may seem far-fetched, folk, mm-hmm. and you may think that Charissa and I, we are the biggest Looney Tunes on the planet. That's okay. And Shell, <laughs> we can throw her. Does anyone even watch the Looney Tunes anymore? <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, but this will happen, and it is happening. We are seeing the beginnings of it. Let me share with you again from page 588. Okay, this is really, really interesting. And um, it says here, Papists, Protestants, and worldlings. Okay, so that's everyone will alike accept the form of godliness without the power, and they will see in this union a grand movement for the conversion of the world and the ushering in of the long-expected millennium, Mm. peace and safety. Mm -hmm. So when this is rolled out around the world, and it will be, beginning in the United States, they will see in this, finally, peace and safety. Yeah. And then sudden destruction. I've got to share with you. I've got to share. Yeah, obviously, fortunately, we've got next week again. Um, But let me just share with you (laughs) a couple of things that have taken place um, in Colombia, January twenty eighth. Okay, last month. Yeah. um, The 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 leaders there in the Church of Rome set aside January twenty eighth as a national day of prayer. Now, why is that? That's because they are experiencing. Terrible famine, sorry, yeah, well, 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 terrible drought and fire outbreaks are going on throughout the entire country. Mm-hmm. This is, let me just read to you a little from this article that appeared um, in the Vatican, in Vatican News on January 29. Concerned about the critical situation in Colombia due to the scarcity of water and the multiple forest, forest fires that have occurred in recent days in different regions, the country's bishops held a national day of national day sorry held a national prayer on sunday january 28 to ask god for the gift of rain 
Likewise, they sent a letter to the people of God in which they demonstrate the need to have greater environmental awareness as well as to undertake forceful actions that help prevent this type of risk. And they are saying we need to undertake concrete actions of ecological conversion to encourage the care and conservation that we must have for our common home and of the poorest and the most affected. So they're coming together to pray. (sighs) God, we need you to bring rain. It's a crisis, and in a time of crisis, the United States will repudiate its constitution, the very bedrock of of its nation, And it will enforce a day when the nation will rest. How that's all going to look, we'll wait and see. But Sunday will be brought to the fore. And we're seeing more and more and more of that. And there's there's a whole bunch of other newspaper articles, um, you know, that I have been collecting in connection with this uh, from the United States of America, in particular from the Christians. You know, Sabbath is not a luxury good. That was January 30, 2024 from Christianity Today. Mm. Um, another one from um, Time magazine. Rest takes hard work, all about oh, rest and the importance of rest. And that was back <sighs> on January 25 yeah. last month. So you have more and more of these uh, news articles and more and more of this coming out that we need a, a day of rest. There's a steady tread of current events. So let's say someone's listening to this right now and they're feeling their heart really stirred because they're seeing the dots being joined and um, they're wondering, well, what should I do? What would you recommend? What I would do first and foremost is ask and pray to God that he will open your heart to the truth of his word. Mm. Get into the word. Spend some time in prayer. If you're interested, speak to someone who can help you on this journey of learning and growing and preparing for the coming of Jesus. Connect with the Seventh-day Adventist minister. Um, Wherever you are, contact the the Seventh-day Adventist church. They will help you. They will guide you and they will lead you so that you can get to know Jesus. You can understand his word and you can be ready for his soon return. Amen. Feel free to even let us know. Yeah, let us know. 0488-817-624. Well, that was really good. We've got just a few more moments after this beautiful song by Crowder, All My Hope. And then Pastor Danny actually will have some last words on today's program. I've been here by I've built fire from above I've been down to the river Hide the same The prodigal return The prison 
I've worn shackles and chains But I've been freed and forgiven Yes, I have I'm not going back I'll never be the same That's why I sing the final moments of a live broadcast. We've got there again. Yes, it came All quickly. All too quickly. Yes, it did. And uh, I know you've had lots of wonderful things to say, but at this point, Pastor Danny, this is the opportunity for you to leave those parting thoughts with our listeners that they can hold thoughts. on to. Those parting thoughts, yes. And with all that is going on, yeah. um, as, the, as the prophetic headlines are coming um, thick and fast, it's good to know that God is in control mm. and that... We can put our faith and trust in him. We've got nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be fearful of, nothing to be anxious of, but put our faith and trust in him completely. I want to share just this one verse um, from Matthew 24, where Jesus says in verse 35, that's that passage dealing with the signs of the times in connection with the destruction of Jerusalem, as well as what will take place at the very end of time and what's taking place in the course of the last 2,000 years, he says in verse 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So we can put our faith and trust in the word of God. Amen. That's and very encouraging. Absolutely. And if ever there was a time to put our faith and trust in God's word, it is today. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that light that shines in the darkness. And mm-hmm. so I hope and pray that um, we will continue to put our faith and trust in God. And by the way, in that book, The Great Controversy that we've been quoting from this afternoon, 
the central chapter in those end time chapters at the end is the scriptures, a safeguard. The scriptures, I include the word only, our only safeguard. And so the scriptures that point to Jesus, that point to his soon return, are our only safeguard. And so I want to encourage our listeners, spend time in the word. Amen. Talk to someone. If you're not quite sure where to start, how to go about it, let us know. We'll get you in touch with someone or contact the Seventh-day Adventist Church or Seventh-day Adventist minister, and they will help you on this journey. There's nothing more important at this time in Earth's history than getting in the Word, getting to know the Word, and Jesus Christ is the Word. Amen. I couldn't agree with you more. And on that note, would you close in prayer? Absolutely, absolutely. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you so much that we have the sure word of prophecy. We want to thank you so much, Father, that you have given us a light and your word is a light a beautiful lamp that shines unto our feet and lights our path. And uh, we've got we've got nothing to be afraid of. When we see these things taking place before our very eyes, Lord, uh, we can look up, as you said, because we know our redemption is drawing near. Lord, we know that there's going to be some turbulent times ahead for your people, especially those that live uh, through those final epic closing moments of human history that will usher in your return. But, Father, we do not need to be afraid. As mm. you were with your people down through the ages, so too you will continue to be with your people all the way through the very end of time. You will never leave them nor forsake them. You will be Mm -hmm. with them always. Father, may we put our faith and trust in Jesus. May we look to him. May we hold on to him even more tightly as we see the day approaching. And uh, may we share this news with others. May we point others to the coming of Jesus. May we point him, point all to the blessed hope that is only in Jesus the one who alone will bring about peace and safety, true peace and safety, for he is the Prince of Peace. So bless our listeners until we meet again. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Danny, and thank you all for joining us for our program today. We will be back this time next week with uh, more good things, Uh, perhaps as we also probably get back into uh, the seal of God. Yes, yes, we We, need to We were there, so we we were there a little while ago, but we'll, we'll head there again next week and and of course, there's always surprises. So just join us because you don't want to miss out on absolutely anything uh, that happens here. Stay with this broadcast, though, because there's another Drive Time show coming up as well. It's a live program coming to you from South Australia. That's right. Yes, so stay here and enjoy that. And until next time, let me leave you with the correct parting words this week. Last week I got these wrong. But this week, let's be reminded that fear looks around, sorrow looks back, but faith always looks up. May God bless you all. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up should the tears begin to start with a prayer all your cares he will cast into the depths of the sea his love is always there for me Life is put on hold All our plans have cancelled Things have changed 
nothing feels the same Disappointments, fear and doubt Go hand in hand and waves of worry threaten me Everywhere uncertainty But in the midst of chaos In the midst of fear There is something to remember Yes, there is something we all need to hear Joy is not cancelled Peace still remains God's goodness kindness His grace isn't running low and He has not changed abundant His mercies are still new God's plans have not been cancelled He's still in control and everything that matters still remains So when the trials and tests they come Darkness only hides the sun And you can't seem to find your way No light of day There are some things we know for sure They never change, they will endure No matter what things look like all around us So in the midst of chaos in the midst of all your fears There is something you should remember Yes, there is something we all need to hear Joy is not cancelled God's goodness, kindness, His grace isn't running low, and He, He has not changed. His power is still abundant. His promises, they're all still true. God's plans have not been canceled. He's fully in control And everything That matters still Remains Yes, everything That matters still Remains